Happy New Year from what we watched. This episode was recorded uh, previously in December, uh, but we held on to this one in the vault uh, just for safekeepings. How's your intro going, Brandon? I hate you so much. So uh, this episode is going to include a brand new interview with uh, Luke Antonio, but we're also introducing uh, uh, Nala Zanotti as well. I'm not in it, but I am here. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, so on this episode, we're going to be talking uh, more than one movie, actually. Our uh, main topic is going to be the Marvels and the state of the franchise at, at large as it currently stands. Again, this is all pre-Jonathan Majors news, so unfortunately we can only speculate uh, at times. Um, but then we also get into Dream Scenario a little bit, and we get into Godzilla Minus One. Uh, again, this is a spoiler podcast, so if that bothers you, pause it, go watch those movies, then come on back. Enjoy! All right, sweet. Excuse me. Brian, uh, over here. Hey. Pardon me. Pardon me. Why don't you have the popcorn? It's starting. Woo! Hey. 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 Shut up. Shut up and listen to the podcast. Hey. There's a lot out there to see. This is what we watched. And once I get once I get set, like it's impossible for me to uh, unset myself. Anyway, yeah. So how you got? How are you guys? Doing, Doing good. Better than yesterday. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I heard yeah, there was a bit of an ordeal with uh, Sir Wyatt. <sighs> Let's just uh, shout out Wyatt. everyone. Shout out if, the if you don't company. have beef with Wyatt's towing, you're not from Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Or have a live, or, or have a pulse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only people who don't have a beef with Wyatt's towing is Wyatt's towing, and I think they also hate themselves. No, it, yeah, the the employees did not seem to be super chipper to Which, be there. Strange, you're in a place of negativity. Why wouldn't you love coming to work? Chipper enough to ask how you're doing when you come in the door. <laughs> well. I've I've always wanted. Which to... I mean, you know, super nice of them. I do appreciate that they still are. Trying? Nice people and trying, trying customer service on, based. Read the room, clearly, read the company. You are a towing service, and no one is happy to be there. It was like a five star hotel <laughs> without the services, <laughs> without any of the great <laughs> services that come with it. Without at least a, a, a hot meal. But hey, what can you do? But anyway, it's a new day. You got your car back. That's the important thing. Everything's fine. And, you know, you, we move on with life. That's what I have to tell myself every time. Anytime. Not every time I get my car towed. <laughs> I'm not parking illegally. Let me, let me just throw that out there. I just happened to catch the uh, the eye of Wyatt. And, oh, know. the eyes of I'm Wyatt so are sorry. everywhere. They, they truly are. They really are. They, are. they are more, like, around and in your business than, like, a neighborhood watch. They're vultures. Mm-hmm. They circle. They're disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. This is what we watch. It's a movie review podcast. Uh, it's for movie fans. It's for TV fans. And it's for those who sometimes go just take a stroll in nature and just look at the leaves. Welcome to the, welcome to the show. <laughs> for any of very you, niche. Uh, that yes. last part was. Hey, we, I, we get very specific here. We find our audience and we cling to it. Sometimes I like to go for walks and look at leaves while I'm... Also staring at my phone watching movies. <laughs> How? Oh, is it because you have a lazy eye where you could just look in two, di- two different directions mm-hmm. at once? Like a chameleon. That, that comes in yeah. handy. 
Have you controlled it yet? By the way, for those who don't know, uh, that strange voice over there is the one and only Nala Zanotti. Did I say that right? Did I pronounce that? Yeah. <gasps> Fucking crushed it. It's exactly. Like, it's like Thank a practice. You. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you are one of few who can just like right off the bat. Thank you. Get it. Thank you. So I, I do. I appreciate I, it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. Now, oh, and by the way, Luke's here too. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> very, this is super fun. Very glad to have you on, Nala. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is groundbreaking, actually. Uh, you are, and I'm so sorry to say it took us this long, you're the first female we've had on the podcast. Uh-huh. Hooray! Amazing. Yeah! And not surprising. And also really, But really I'll terrible. take this time then to plug my own podcast. Please do. I do have. Um, and the only reason I'm plugging it is because I host it... Um, with my dear friend, and it's called The Siren's Den, and y'all should check that out. If Absolutely you want will. more, um, like, fems up in, in your podcasting ear. Fems of nerd culture. We exactly. need more of those. Yes. Yes, we do. I agree. I agree. So, uh, Nala, where, where can uh, anyone find that podcast? On Spotify, on, like, anywhere you get your podcasts, Anchor. Apple. Oh, I haven't heard Anchor in a good podcast. Note. I think I yeah. use I use myself. I'm personal podcast addict. Don't I think I, I wasn't the one who dealt with that kind <laughs> like, that side of it. So sure, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, you're just you're just here. You just provide the content. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, now, what else are you up to? You're you're also a filmmaker in the Denver metro area. Indeed. Is there anything that you want to or can tell us what you're working on? Yeah, currently I'm working on. Well, I've been working on a feature um, a feature uh, script that I've been working on for a few years now it's been it's gone through a few revisions um, but now I believe it's at the stage where it's gonna be you know the the, the send out stage yeah. so um you know we're looking at getting it to to producers and to um, anyone who might want to pick it up and help us make it that's fantastic that's um, fantastic can you share the name? Yeah, it's called A Thousand Miles. Okay. And it's a road trip, dramedy, coming of age, all that fun stuff uh, type of movie. Sounds awesome. Well, I'll be sure to be uh, looking out for that. Um, and if you need eyes on it beforehand, I like I like movies. I'm not Doug for Benson, sure. but I do love movies. No, I will absolutely you like movies? send it your way. I do. I know. Okay, great. You know, it's not really uh, easy to find people who like movies. I know, right? We're we're a rare breed. So that's why you have six listeners. That's <laughs> 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 you had to go there. Taking the taking the cheap shot early. Woo! Let's do Luke Antonio, everybody. Get him out of the way. No, I'm not or, sorry. Or ramp up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, after you have us on, it'll be an extra six. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> hey, if you're. We pre- know at least six people. Alleging. So. <laughs> hey, if you're alleging to double our listenership, I am for it. I am. I am full send all in. So speaking of movies, uh, conveniently, I heard you guys went to see a couple uh, today, actually, of as of recording. And by the way, uh, Happy New Year, possibly, or uh, Happy Merry Holiday, Miss. That I'm not sure exactly when this is going to be released. So Happy something. Happy, happy year. H- happy day. Happy days. <laughs> happy days. That but as was, of today. Cue theme song. Show. Yes. No? Yeah. <laughs> um, as of today, you guys went to see uh, Godzilla Minus One, and you did a double feature and saw Dream Scenario. Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff. So I, I, what do you think? I've already talked to Jeff about, about Dream Scenario ad nauseum, and so uh, what are your thoughts about the, the new uh, Nick Cage movie? 
or it, depending on when you're listening to this, the old Nick Cage movie. I mean, interesting. Like, uh, I mean, Nick Cage is always a delight in every role he's in. This was no exception. He was great in this role. There were a lot of good things about the movie that, you know, I felt at least. Um, but th- it also kind of um, left me wanting a little more. Like, mm. I kind of just wanted more from something called Dream Scenario where people's dreams are very weird and i kind of wanted more of the weird and we got a little bit of the weirdness but then we got a little we we just got a lot more of like nightmares versus dreams which like i guess maybe that's how it gets switched around but like still even the nightmares even the nightmares it can they can be more fantastical because absolutely and and i'm wondering and and i uh i kind of thought about Nick Cage only shows. I'm sorry, Paul only shows up in in everybody's nightmares, even from the from the get the very get go when he's just doing nothing. So, is it that he can only appear in people's nightmares, and it's how they perceive that nightmare necessarily, or or his interaction with the surrounding dream, or is it is there a possibility to actually enter somebody's decent dream? Because I mean, even even the sex dream was creepy as hell to start. I was literally gonna be like, oh. You know what? You're totally right. And like looking back on everyone's dreams, none of them seemed particularly pleasant. Um and so you're right. I think it was um everyone's nightmares cuz yeah. everyone's dreams that they had have always just been like not good. Yeah. And like something attacking them, yeah, something, something chasing attacking them, them, something someone is dying or um, I mean, they got more intense and more gruesome, but sure. I, I kind of wonder if he's... But absolutely, like, the sex dream starts off as a nightmare. I was right. literally like... Which is, oh my when, God, when so she, uncomfortable. When she tells, when she starts it off... That's hard. No, you're fine. By the way, yeah, Gra- uh, Grim, excuse me. Let me, yeah, me re-enunciate myself. Grim is here. guest star. So there, there is also another uh, pup joining us. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it, when she introduces that, it's, you know... You you kind of get a different picture, and then when she actually describes the dream, you're just like, "Oh wait, this is terrifying! Right? What are you talking about?" Right? And then so, and then they fantasize about it. They actually exactly. like act out that interesting. Fantasy, and is... you know, I won't spoil the ending. Obviously, no, we're but... a spoiler podcast. Please do. Oh, we are. Okay. Oh, we're definitely a spoil spoiler podcast. <laughs> um, well, uh, in the end, when he gets his book and it's translated into French, which is. Um, like am... je suis ton cauchemar, which is I am your nightmare. Oh yeah, that's right. And so he yeah. said, you know, I was gonna say dream scenario, mm-hmm. but it's Name not. Drop. It's not just dreams. Um, that what it was from the get go was people's mm-hmm. nightmares, mm-hmm. and even at the end of the movie, when he gets when he rescues his wife, that is also a nightmare scenario. So right, like, right. But at the same time, like you were saying, like I feel like, and I and I told Jeff the same thing. I feel like. It would have been a more interesting foray into people's dreams if we got to see the full spectrum of of Paul's emotions because we got his, you know, lackluster, just kind of I'm here. Then we got his, you know, that one bit of uh, promiscuity with with the sex dream. And then we got full on with anger and, and, you know, uh, being being violent. But I think it could have been a lot more interesting if we got sadness and happiness and you know the the whole spectrum yeah those writers need to watch inside out yeah (laughs) (laughs) get get on that writer you know i kind of wonder though if nick cage was some kind of if 
it almost appears to me that he is the manifestation of everyone's like dread of being this like middle aged loser stuck in life yeah and like got nothing really and just like drained of like all emotion Mm -hmm. almost and then you know he starts having more emotions but i think that's why he was so passive at the beginning and he did become more active (sighs) there could have been more contrast in a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. visually emotionally um active versus passive Right. Um, exactly. He was very passive and he was very reactive to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw uh, a comment that the director had made um, that Paul was really just kind of taking the the attention that he was given and conflating that with, you know, actually doing something or, or being somebody or, you know, with with success, I believe is, is how he put it. And I thought that that was a really interesting take. But I think that, it, again, could have been fleshed out better. I mean, that's pretty relatable nowadays, especially with all these different types of social media stars and right. influencers. Right. And... Do you guys think that, that they Which hit... Which they like, hung a lantern on at yeah. the end. Absolutely. With the little bit. It's just... those The people in that world, I pity them for having such boring dreams. <laughs> like, that is... I, for I have, sure. I have always been fascinated. Or is it, with... I guess at this point, such boring nightmares because, yes. like, looking back on it, everything they, they said was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, like... But still, boring nightmares. <laughs> yeah, for someone who's and Those always... gators did not look like they were even attacking. They were just no, there. No, they, they were just they there. Were just there. Yeah. Pet your local alligator. They just want a bit, They just want love. Like, as someone who's always been fascinated with the dream realm... Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I, and, and as a filmmaker too, there were just so many opportunities that they didn't take. It felt like an early A24 movie. It did not feel like something that should be following everything everywhere all at once, which was like so much more out there. Right. Took so many more risks and big swings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they when they brought up the collective therapy and all that stuff, it's like, again, that could have been a cool angle to take this with. Um, but you know, but they, but they didn't, right? I think that like his emotional state seemed to play a factor in their dreams, but that's why I don't. That was almost one of the that was not almost, but that was one of the problems that I had was a lot of the story is being progressed through other characters who aren't our protagonists. Mm-hmm. The story should always go through the protagonist, and he had no arc because even at the end he was just he was just passive and reactive right just as he was at the beginning it's just he's in a different part of his life but he's he's not being like no i want it i want my book like this i you know he didn't Mm. it didn't seem like he really learned anything exactly there wasn't that much of an arc yeah. For his character. That no. was that was another one of my I biggest mean, pieces. I mean, we like to call them character circles because not character arcs because the circle implies that it just goes right back to where yeah. back it to started, one. which, you know, I guess it's a back to one ending, but I frankly, those back to one endings or like back to one things do, doesn't mean back to one and the same, yeah. the same thing like goes around and around Mm -hmm. it's back to one but something changes Mm -hmm. and it's just like nothing changed 
And so you're like, okay, then why did we even watch this movie in the right. first place? Right, right. He, he even get he even gets hit on the head in the same exact spot that he did earlier. Yeah. So well, that's a good catch. Yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's definitely one of the points. But it's just like he's still the same bitter mm-hmm. man. And you can, you, but you realize that he learned something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It still doesn't change. I guess it was, it was too late in the movie for the change to really be solidified. But by making, if he was like, let's say again, the test subject, and it it turned out to be his dreams mm-hmm. and his emotional state that he is going through in his un- subconscious or unconscious mind mm-hmm. is affecting this like long dream, almost like eternal sunshine, right? Mm-hmm. Then like he, it would make him more active because he would have to find a way out of it. Sure, sure. But it, it's yeah, no, that's that's good. I was I was trying to think because really, again, he's just kind of passive reactive and then somewhat of accepting of his situation and not necessarily even trying to get out of it, even when things go really, really bad for him. Like he still is kind of like, cool, like I'm still the most interesting person in the world. Like I want that because I've never had that. And again, it, 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 there there are moments and there are pieces and there and there are you know little little chunks of it that are really good at, and and you know create some at least somewhat philosophical discussions, but as a whole, it just it was a bit disappointing from what we could have had. So um, as it is, I want to get you, uh, Luke. You're familiar with this process, but now uh, we rate things out of ten, and it goes in uh, quarters. So like five point five, five point seven, five six. Uh, what would you rate dream scenario out of ten? I'd say, um, let's say 6.75. All right. All right. Um, I mean, it's probably a lot more than you're going to give it. Because again, (laughs) like I said, there's a lot more they could have done with it. Mm -hmm. But upon retrospect, I do appreciate, I actually, I guess, do appreciate it more now knowing that they were all nightmares to begin with. And knowing that the whole thing was that he was, he used to be passive characters and the nightmares used to be about something else. Right. And then he used to, and then he started to become the nightmares, which is, yeah, what the shift was. So, like, I appreciated that. But again, a lot of things they could have done mm-hmm. better, not the best. So, there you go. 6.75. Luke, what, uh, what you got? Well, originally, I was going to give it a really low rating, but <laughs> I'm reconsidering because. See, that's why I like doing ratings at the very end, because once you talk, sometimes it can change. It can open your eyes a little bit, or it can solidify your point, one of the two. <laughs> I, I want to give it props for planting seeds. It just didn't do the other half of following yeah. through and and growing. Water yeah, <laughs> oh, watering and growing go. those seeds. I think maybe I'll give it slightly lower than you did, Nala, and... um We'll give it a six, a solid six. Solid six. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing you guys saw was, and maybe, maybe uh, I don't know that I have as much to say about Godzilla minus one, mm-hmm. the new film out of, I believe it's out of Japan. It is, yeah. yeah. It is. It was all in Japanese. Which was awesome. I'm I'm uh, one for staying in a language. If, 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 if <laughs> All for staying in language, especially if it's set in a foreign, outside America uh, nation, and not having it, you know, be English spoken and with mm-hmm. God forbid an accent. Well, I told for her. Sure. I mean, I think it's because it was made by Japan. Yeah, so, I told like... her it, it felt 
more authentic than anything that we've made here in the monster universe. <laughs> I agree with you there. A majority of the Godzilla films here are like they start out in Japan for three seconds and then Shipped Godzilla's over here on the somewhere. loose. Right. So it's, it's mainly in English and they have very few. But to have a Godzilla movie in Japan, it was like obviously the original Godzilla. Right, right. Um, Plus, well, I, I, I'm not too sure, but it's felt like the original storyline. Like it felt very much like... He's Godzilla is attacking Tokyo or going to attack Tokyo, and instead of it, you know, centering around the attack, it's centering around what the actual human response would be a human to story. this to this event. Yeah, exactly. There was there was some really cool action I thought with it, but there was a great human, you know, story underneath all of yeah. this, you know, smoke and mirrors that I thought actually stood up on its own. Yeah, there it was. I loved it really, um, and. I, I do love Godzilla, but in the Godzilla versus Kong, I am a King Kong fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I loved, I loved this movie. It, like I said, it, it felt authentic. It the the design of Godzilla was true to the classic Godzilla with like modern upgrades mm -hmm. because we have obviously better technology now. Sure, but it still sure. had that like classic Godzilla look, and. The story, yeah, was was just it was so good. It was so refreshing to see like it's true to its its source material of mm -hmm. it being a metaphor for you know the atomic bomb mm -hmm. and and obviously you get that with atomic breath, right? Right, <laughs> solidified with that. And but like the characters loved all the characters. He he had an arc, mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> Um, and yeah, the, it was the, it only had like a $15 million budget. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And Very it's nice. like, <laughs> they did so much more with yeah. that than we've done with a hundred million dollar budgets. <laughs> Very true. Well, I mean, you Very look at, true. you look at other foreign films that also have really good CGI for not that big of a budget. Um, because one, you know, the, the difference in money, of course, but also they, you know, treat their visual effects artists better and pay them a little better and, you know... Treat them let, like humans? Yeah, How dare they? and, like, let them rest and, like, don't overwork them so they can give you some badass visuals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the visuals were awesome. Some of them, I was like, you know, as as someone <laughs> who's well-versed in visuals... Um, <laughs> Not so well versed though, dang. Um, <laughs> they toot your own horn. Yeah, That's no, cool. I like well versed. This road trip like, movie I, is going to be. I awesome. don't know <laughs> jack about visuals, but like I have studied movies enough to be like. Oh yeah, that's a practical effect. That's mm. a visual effect. So mm. like, I can I can tell. But right, and you can appreciate when practical effect pulls something off. Yeah. Versus mm. you know, and honestly, I thought I thought a lot of the uh, CGI was was really good. A lot yeah. of it was. There was some yeah. some cheesy moments and some of the shots when we're looking directly up at at the monster. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about this. It seems a little little campy, but uh, overall, I thought it was, especially with a, such a, a small budget, very very well done. Very aesthetically pleasing. And, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to take it in a very different direction. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say it's cheesy, but if it it felt like the old ones. Mm -hmm. It felt like the old Godzilla movies mm -hmm. because you know it, the the cheese almost worked in this case. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, I I think that also goes to the fact that it is a Japanese movie and it played very much like an anime. Um, yeah, in the sense of just Japanese. People in general and 
their actors and their media um, is very exaggerated, uh, and they they do all these these voices mm-hmm. and make things really intense, and that does add to the campiness, and sure. they kind of like over. Over exaggerate their emotions and stuff like that. Over exaggerate for for emphasis. Yeah, yeah. but that's that is just their long history of doing that. That's just kind mm-hmm. of how the culture is. Mm-hmm. It's not like a bad thing, but it's just like an anime is very over exaggerated in the same way that their live action sure. stuff is. Yeah, no, and and uh, as far as that goes, I think it translated very well. It was it was very close. Um, I think I think my biggest point of contention, and no, I'm not saying this just because you're here. I swear to God, I wrote this down before I even knew you guys were going to see this. I was really disappointed, and and I know that it was set in 1945 Japan, so I I get it. But I was really disappointed that the the two female actors had such small, very cliche roles. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like I I'm was. Not, they oh, were yeah, very relegated to the background, <laughs> and it was just a crap ton of of men making decisions and doing things Mm -hmm. and being the hero and it's Mm -hmm. just i I, again i understand the setting i understand the time and the place but it's just for me we gotta we gotta do something else we gotta move on and we gotta we gotta be more accepting of the other half of our world you want to talk about anime i mean look at how they treat uh, no exactly (laughs) it's very much it's it's, yeah it's very much the same thing but like so what i'm saying is well no i absolutely agree with that because i had the same point Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you said it's the the time period and the history and all sure, that stuff. Sure. But when it's stuff, when it's the time period and the history in a period piece, go for it. But there was no Godzilla in the 1940s. This is not a documentary. This right. is not based off historical fact. Right. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. You can make your characters whatever. No one is going to be like, oh yeah, my grandpa when Godzilla came and attacked Tokyo <laughs> in 1946. You know, my grandma wasn't allowed to go out of the house or like some, you know, BS like that. So mm-hmm. it like they can they can when you are in a fantasy setting and you, and you can make any decisions and people can do and be anything. Sure. And you do choose to make those decisions to relegate them to the background. In fact, is so annoying. In fact, people typically do love revisionistic history. Sure. I mean, we're we're both fans of Bridgerton. Mm. Which you know, <laughs> uh, there's some definitely some revisionistic if history we're, going right, on. We're talk I need a cup of tea. Let's well. just <laughs> we have the Bridgerton tea set. Um, <laughs> why do I not? Why am I not surprised? No. So but what was the word? What was the word you guys used? Self-described nerds. I believe we have a Bridgerton inspired tea set. It's just a fancy tea set that looks like maybe it would be in Bridgerton. It is not like a branded Bridgerton tea set. I have don't you, think they have you looked at exist. the bottom of the cup yet. I should, and you know what? Now <laughs> so you are be. you are inspiring me to actually look up if Bridgerton tea sets exist because I am actually going to buy one now. Boom! But obviously, please that's, don't drop the mic. That's just that's just <laughs> one example, and Bridgerton is highly successful. Sure, but sure. you know you got other. <laughs> Godzilla Tarantino and Bridgerton started, could not I, be I more this, different. This correlation, this is the best. <laughs> I'm just saying, with revisionistic history, people typically are clamoring to mm-hmm. see, and you know, Tarantino revisionistic history sure and or the uh the man in the high castle yeah. that would you know, a very yeah. I mean, very different take it, on on how things could have played out you right? have to like, remember that this is again japan and it is the japanese film sure. and they, it's yeah, it's not sure American. it's not but they, that, they, I, i'm not going to forgive it just because of that oh no no, no absolutely <laughs> I, i'm not saying forgive it but it's like to because here bridgerton was a huge success and bridgerton was a huge success in a lot of places in the world mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't 
like enough of a success in Japan for people to be like, oh, yes, the the Japanese people who this Japanese film is being made for don't really like that's not something sure. they're really interested in um, in a weird sense. Again, it's obviously not excusing it because they could obviously benefit from more. So, like more of this kind of like revisionist history to kind of uplift um, people who were otherwise mm-hmm. very. I got a question for you guys. If if you could change the gender of of characters in that movie and remake it, which characters would you would you change? Because I I do like the fact that the main character, the kamikaze pilot, was mm-hmm. was a man. That was fine with me. But for yeah, me, I, I think so. I, I think, think I there are you. other characters, and even the ones that were in there could have been a bigger part of it. Exactly, and had I more mean depth. It, it, exactly, I mean I, the the uh, wife to be. I guess um, I am totally blanking on her Noriko. name. Noriko. Thank you. Uh, I also had a trouble with with their names, um, just because I swear to God they switched his name two or three two or three different times, or was that just like a nickname or short? No, I think it was the the uh, Shimi. She. she, she Shishiko? Good, I'm not the no. only one who had trouble with it. That that one <laughs> it's is almost a, like it's another it's, language. It is the longer one. Um that one <laughs> is his actual name. But, okay. Or no, that one's that's his last name. He does have a first name. Oh, so sometimes oh, they call oh, him okay, by cool, his cool, first cool. name gotcha. and sometimes by his last. That definitely I was like, I'm not I, I know who you're talking about, but I'm definitely there was some I was thrown off by. Um to answer your question, yes, I, I think that the the roles that there were could have been expanded a little bit more, could have been had had more depth. Honestly, any of the of the um, side characters could have been could have been male or female. I think the one I would have liked to see most would have been the doctor, the the scientist mm. doctor mm. boat captain yeah. dude. Um, I did like him. So I will say back to my point on real quick, just um, on just the fact that it, it was super anime and you know they're they're animated in their talking and their actions and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. because the guy who played the main dude, who was Koichi. So Koichi was his first name, and then she, yeah, Shikishima. Um, he has been in um, anime movies and oh, okay. like Spirited Away and Secret World of Varietti and Your Name, Suzume. So like he mm. is an anime actor, and I'm pretty sure I've, like a lot of other people in that cast member or mm. that cast do animes too. Sure, um, and I would have liked to uh, if this was our main topic. I would have done a lot more research on this. I would have. I'd love to know if that's his first role from anime into live action, um, or if he's done this seamlessly. Like, if, no, it seems like he has other live action roles. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, was there a character you wanted to see <laughs> have a different uh, different gender? Um, I mean, again, so like it with a different gender would be a lot of like revisionist history. So like, uh, honestly, one of the colonels, uh, maybe the scientist, that mm-hmm. would have been cool, mm-hmm. or like one of the the captains or mm-hmm. colonels. Um, I was thinking generals. the mechanic. Oh, yeah, that would mechanic. Be, that also, I would have loved option. the mechanic yeah. or the the tugboat guy at the end. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for in. sure. That's, yeah, coming in that's clutch. That's always fun. Yes. It's a good time. So like that, any any one of any one of the supporting characters turned into a female would have been stellar. Like I think they and I wouldn't I wouldn't have had as it, big of a deal with it. Personally. Yeah, no, for sure. And it would have been a fun time and not so much of a to use an outdated term a sausage fest, but. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what it was. Hey, Godzilla's sure trying to get the, the message fits? to Japan to add diversity into their media. And that's why he keeps 
you know, destroying the cities. And this is what you get when you're racist. No. <laughs> and sexist. Yeah. yeah, Godzilla will squash you and blast his dope ass atomic breath on you um, with his cool, like, clicky scales. That was yeah. very, very cool. That was Love amazing. him. Love Godzilla. Honestly, such a cool monster. One of my favorite kaijus in the sense of um, what it represents. Like what it has been made to represent, which is like, you know, the the actions of warfare and kind of um, destroying the environment and destroying habitats and and all that stuff. Um, I guess it has been newly, like he's been newly shown to not be so much of a destructive monster, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, the westernized version of him which is a version I love. Um, So it was sad to see Godzilla be presented as what he was originally intended as, Mm -hmm. a true monster, Mm -hmm. which is the manifestation of the atomic bomb that can level cities and has leveled cities. And and can't be destroyed by by any... Anything that we that they currently had in uh, at that time. Yeah. Very much so. So it is very much a kind of way of dealing with the trauma that is what happened with you know the bombs right um right so like it is sad there there is the version of godzilla that is a hero that is like um not so much like well yeah destroy cities because unfortunately it's a giant monster but not because it's just rampaging for anger it's right. because it's like fighting something or it's like trying to protect something and it doesn't really mess with humans right. but like right. when when stuff gets real it gets real it gets really real real really real mm-hmm. there were so many times where i was just like holy shit right? oh my god yeah, like- but you know you kind of do have to detect like remember that godzilla truly was a irredeemable monster who mm-hmm. could not be like reasoned with mm-hmm. um, and that's what i thought too i was like why is there no one like suggesting well, let's just talk with it i wanted to talk to godzilla like i that's why i'm team kong <laughs> <laughs> you show him love and he will love. I don't I, I feel like that's not the case. I feel like there's no way that that's practical in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I feel like you can do the same thing with Godzilla. He just needs a hug. He just wants a hug exactly. Um yeah, no, so it is it was entertaining. I I'd say Godzilla minus one was is very entertaining. Um I'm glad I got to see it on the big screen. I'm glad uh, I, I was able to squeeze it in into the schedule because it's definitely uh, I'd recommend this one for entertainment value. Um, just, just a solid action, action movie, solid, um, solid story overall. Yeah. It's a solid plot that you can easily follow because again, it is a foreign movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not everyone maybe is able to, um, read along as fast or follow along, but it was still, but you know, despite that, it was still a story yes. that you can be like, ah, yes, I can understand mm. what's happening. <laughs> yes, It was still yes. very visually Awesome. Obviously, it was visually stunning. Yeah, and it was written uh, pretty well, you know, minus the diversity issues. All right, so what? Uh, let's let's rate this one real quick. Uh, might as well, right? We're here. What, uh, Nala? What would you rate Godzilla minus one? I would rate it. Um, I want to say an eight. All right. All right. Out of ten. Very nice. Because again, I I do love Godzilla. There are a lot of great things in the movie, but not reached it it hasn't reached its full potential i do wish the female characters were Mm -hmm. a little more active in the story Mm -hmm. and i kind of wish with that then the subplot of that 
was a little more active. But I hear you. I, I you know, I, I'm on the same page with you, at least as far as diversity and inclusion. Um, I thought this the CGI and, and the the fun action bits were actually really entertaining. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that, um, and not to detract from the actual humans talking and, and doing things and and having a good story, but just make it just a little bit longer and give me a little bit more action because that was actually the best part of it. Um, was you know him powering up and him blowing shit up and um you know that it, that was visually just very very wowing. Um, acting, like I said, I, I think it was good. I think it was good as far as I could tell. Um, I would love to be able to study them more and just see, uh, I, I don't watch a lot of Japanese anything. So it's hard for me to judge like if that's average, if it's above average or not. So it, it, that would be an interesting thing to study. Um, uh, but I thought everything, everyone was good. I thought the, the dialogue was, was fine. Um, I think I'm on the same page as you actually. I think I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Solid. Exactly. Just solid. Uh, Luke, how about you? What are your thoughts? I... I disagree. I, I hate to disagree with you. I love it. I love <laughs> it when you disagree with me. But um, I think we get enough of pure action from American monster movies. Okay. And I like. Okay. I liked this change of pace, having yeah some really cool action, and that's what made it stand out. Was it contrasted with the more human parts of the story? Mm-hmm. And and it made it st- those other parts stand out. The visuals were fantastic. And there was, uh, we didn't even mention sound, but there was some really cool that sound design in that not. movie. How did we not mention the sound design? <laughs> that was absolutely astounding. We, we saw it in uh, RPX, which oh, nice. is like IMAX, yeah. Riggle's version of IMAX. And it just would shake I mean, R- the theater. RPX is more focused on sound than IMAX is. And I it believe was, that. But it was such a cool like yeah, experience. The yeah. yeah. Oh, that does sound pretty awesome. I, I might have to go and see if I can find something in. Dolby or, or RBX yeah. or something. Um, so, you know, visuals, you sound. And then, yeah, I liked having the contrast of a, a more human story with a with the also the cool action, heavy VFX mm-hmm. parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give it a half a point off for the lack of diversity, and I will give it a half a point off for not having King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give it a solid nine. Wow. Okay. I loved it. I nine love that. Nine out of ten. Very nice. Your first nine. Um. All right. Cool. So that was our intro. That was our wrap up. No. I, I, uh, <laughs> that right there that honestly could have been zero. That was... Exactly. <laughs> no. I loved it. We we went into a lot more depth than I was anticipating, and I loved it. So thank you guys for actually like having opinions and, and, and things because I always fear when when I when I want to talk to people about movies that they're gonna be like, yeah it was good. I, I liked it. It was entertaining, you know, she's hot. He was cool. Okay, cool. Great. Oh, no, I mean, we Nick, had a lot of things Nick to Cage say was hot. Because... Well of course, obviously that... <laughs> that goes without saying Godzilla was hot. Well we lied. Uh no I want to segue into um I wish I could remember the the line you used earlier that that it was something maybe about about CGI or visuals. We get enough action with with visual. It was something along those lines. Uh, we're, I want to transition into Marvel and specifically with the Marvels. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. There's the Marvels, which is in the Marvel universe with Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. There's mm-hmm. a lot of M's. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that I, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts um, as the uh, how did you put it self self proclaimed super nerds? I believe is the the word you used. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It, 
Listeners can't extraordinary see it, but you can you can look around at the space that we're in. <laughs> I yeah, if I if I had eyes in the back of my head, I'd be pointing at a lot more things um, Marvel related. No, so so as of recording again, I'm not sure exactly when this is coming up, but as of recording, the Marvels is finishing up its theatrical run and is going to finish up with the lowest box office uh, take home of any Marvel film in the history of the MCU. Um, so I want to start there with: Does that matter? With with where Marvel is now and and with what kind of movie we got from the Marvels. I don't think it deserved that honor. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think okay. it deserved more, but I don't think it's on the movie itself. I think it's on this market being oversaturated and people being a little burnt out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, not just that, but I, I personally, what, Marvel, this isn't Marvel's first flop, so to speak. This true. is Marvel's first, like... Eh, no one really liked this kind of movie. They've kind of been on this trajectory for a minute, but that's not to say that Miss the the Marvels wasn't a good movie. Um, okay, it was. I felt a good, like better, a better installment than the more recent things that we've gotten from the MCU. Um, I just felt like it had a lot more heart. Um, a lot of the character dynamics were great, but um, obviously there were things that were lacking on it. But the, I don't think that's what contributed to the um, poor box office mm-hmm. um, reception. I think that is because of the obvious thing that I don't know why they're not talking about it is obviously the the the, the strike. Yes, that they is. They were a not huge able part. to do the press tours yeah. for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. leading up to it that they usually do. They were not able to gather the hype. They were not able to promote on mm-hmm. different medias or social medias like. Because of the strike. Those are the rules of the strike. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm inclined to believe you because everything that I've read now post-strike that the that the actors are actually able to talk about, they loved making this. Like yeah. the, the director had a had a ball doing this. She's yeah. like, I'm gonna I she's like, I realize that it it's a Kevin Feige production. He's got his fingerprints all over it and he's gonna do with it what he's going to do with it, but it's also my own statement and, and and it's something I'm it's very personal to me and and all of the actors including Brie Larson seem to have a great time and rave about it and you put them out there in front of the public and say guys you might not you know like the superhero genre right now but we had a blast making it it's a lot of fun and if you go in with maybe lowered expectations from what you may have come to expect out of Marvel and not, again not saying that the Marvels is a bad film like you said I, I agree with you that you people would actually be like, oh, you know what? This is this is a lot better, and this is fun and enjoyable, and and something that we can go spend our money on. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think movies in general this year have suffered because of the strike. So the Marvels oh, is not the only one. And again, the biggest movie of the year is obviously Barbie, and that was right before the strike. Right. Right. And then no movie since has come anywhere close. Anywhere close. I think this because is probably it one also, of the yeah, it, well, because maybe not. it just it wasn't. There was no no cha- movies were still being released, but nothing was being advertised. Right. Right. Um, because it couldn't be advertised, well, and a lot of movies were delayed. And yeah, and a lot of movies were pushed back. Exactly. Like we would have been. Barbie came out uh, during the writers' strike, though not the actor, not the. SAG after strike. No, it was it was the SAG after strike started a little bit 
But the writer strike was already Either, going yeah. The writer strike was already going, and then the the SAG strike was a little bit either before or after the premiere of Barbie. I remember them doing. They did some press a right press before. tour exactly, yeah, and I know because the studios knew. I know what was Oppenheimer happening. also did exactly press tour, and then they left the London premiere mm-hmm. to start striking. That's right, they did. So That's I guess right. it. I guess premieres happened before the movie. So like, yeah. Right before that, and then nothing else, and then yeah. So, so everyone was like, "Hey, get don't don't forget about the Marvels," and everyone fucking forgot about the Marvels because exactly. everyone forgot about movies. And the Marvels came out right after the actor strike ended, and like mm-hmm. all the strikes in Hollywood and, ended. And- so they were they they hit the ground running, and they have been doing press for it, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it hasn't been enough. And let's to make let's up face that it, money. the Marvels was already going to be kind of. Uh, an underdog yeah movie. obviously because of the trash Marvel fans that <laughs> the, there yeah, are the toxic fanboys hey, I, I agree with you 100% um, no it's not yeah it's it. not the trash Marvel fans it's the toxic fanboys it's fan the boys. toxic yeah. fanboys mm-hmm. because we're like we're not gonna watch a movie with one let alone three it, it, women leads we were the wait what there are three women in this <laughs> what that wow. have big roles well, that, that shocker can't be a thing. and it actually was a very pleasant watch mm-hmm. no. shocker <sighs> but for those of us who aren't toxic we were a- almost robbed of the pr that they had planned i um, know the shenanigans Iman, they would have pulled I- iman <sighs> volani who Love was her queen yes probably one of the biggest parts of why it had so much heart mm-hmm. absolutely was gonna do a press tour with with a uh, goose, the cat, and oh really? Yeah, oh, that's um, too bad. <laughs> this is a. I heard this on um Screen Crush. If you've ever seen that channel, uh-uh. uh, he, shout out to Screen Crush. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ryan Airy was talking about um about the PR that they had planned for that movie, and that was part of it. So that would have been amazing to see Iman mm. and like and Goose doing this press tour, and you would have had. That would have been something. Yeah, people would have been like, oh my God, this girl, like, she's coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had That's a. That's sh- absolutely the thing we've been robbed of is, is Iman mm-hmm. really trying, really getting her chance to shine mm-hmm. in promoting this movie. And she has been, ha- since being able to promote it, she has been going on like a mini press tour. Um, and like I said, raving about it, having yeah. a great time and saying, look, I don't care about the box office. I and enjoyed it. And she did great. And, and she absolutely was the heart her of it. I love her as Miss Marvel. I think she, I, I think Iman Vellani was, was 100% the glue of this movie. Yeah. And, and I hope that, because she sounds down for it, but I hope that, that Marvel's smart enough to include her in future movies and not just relegate her to Miss Marvel, the TV series. Oh, on a no, I don't know I don't if you want to so, skip no. ahead to the end of the movie but... oh absolutely we're skipping all over the place <laughs> okay. we're skipping all over because the i mean we're they've already around they already teased at the end of the movie that yeah sh- she's basically leading the thing, young avengers which is great which, which i'm will be... super stoked for yeah. it'll be so much fun to watch but she she absolutely was was what made every gave gave things its levity but also humanized it to the point where more people could actually relate to these characters yeah. Because she's a new superhero who just got well, her powers, mm-hmm. who's f- a literal fangirl. I mean, yep, the actress herself is yep. a fangirl yes. of, of the mm-hmm. show. She's writing her own comics. She's like, yep. I'm 
all in on this. Like Iman, this Iman was the perfect casting for Miss Marvel. One hundred percent. And they both Iman and Kamala Khan mm-hmm. are the perfect, uh, are the ideal audience surrogate. I was literally yes. going to say like uh, Kamala Khan and uh, Iman. Well, yeah, Iman obviously as as fans, but um, Kamala Khan as a character is a great audience surrogate because she is us as an audience. She's like, what if a regular fan like us got to be a superhero? This is what they would do. They would freak out all the time. They would know everything. They'd have a podcast. Everything is so cool. (laughs) They would have a podcast, which I think she does. I mean, she has a YouTube channel at the very least. Like that does like, this is exactly the stuff that we would do. This is exactly the stuff that we do do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but also, so I, I was reading an interview with um, jokes. with Screen. Hey, there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, the things I laugh at. No, I was reading an interview with Screen Rant um, uh, and, and Amon, and and it was basically they were talking about how uh, the young Avengers or young young heroes in general have lived through the trauma that the Avengers created. Mm-hmm. And they're in this generation that that is going to understand the global threat um, and just kind of what to do about it, how to react, how you to, like, have this perception. How relatable. Of, ex- <laughs> I'm telling you, exactly. Of uh, a, 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 something that we haven't quite seen yet. And I, it's, again, yes, we've, it's been teased that she's going to lead the Young Avengers, but... Marvel has been all over the place right now, so I think that's their best course of action is to is to have her take the lead and actually go there. So that brings me to to another one of my my big points, and I guess I'm kind of all over between the, the Marvels and just Marvel in general. I, I, and Luke, I asked you this this last time we talked, but now I'm really curious about your your answer is. Can Marvel reclaim any of that luster that it had when it first debuted? Like, is there any chance to get some of that back? Or is that, or is, you know, gone after, what is this, the 36th, 33rd, 34th, 30-something film? Plus however many shows? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's yes and no. Awesome. I think, unfortunately, the market ha- is just so oversaturated that superhero is like its own genre of film. Mm-hmm. Like superhero films used to basically be action films, but now superhero is its own genre. Like yeah, it yeah. is more than just Marvel. It is obviously DC. It crosses over now to the boys and like other superhero properties. Invincible. Invincible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, other comics, other like superheroes are so wildly and you know now nerd culture is so much more accepted that it's cool to be a nerd now and right. stuff like that right. so it has been everyone's accessing it now it's like what what used to be us waiting for one maybe two marvel movies a year mm-hmm. that we can get hyped for mm-hmm. um we have like four marvel movies a year that we're just like oh it's the next marvel movie it, it's coming in like clockwork and yeah. it's like it's just kind of expected now it's kind of like well and it just it, it inundates everyone it's quality over quantity so it's like but they're doing quantity Quanti- over quality yes exactly so. well it, it, it does it, it it becomes such a chore to catch up and to and again they've spread it so far that you have to see everything to understand if you if you didn't see uh one division you wouldn't know who 
Two uh, fan or uh, uh, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. Thank you. I totally blanked on her name. You mm-hmm. wouldn't know exactly where yeah. she came from. I know. If you didn't watch Miss Marvel, you absolutely we wouldn't have yeah. understood that storyline in any way. Secret Invasion. Yeah. I didn't even. I hadn't. I, I, I didn't have not seen time. Secret Invasion, right? and I, I that that was that was a part of the <laughs> See, movie that I was for confused three. on. Like, yeah, it's my mom. I I watched a couple of episodes of uh, Miss Marvel with my mm-hmm. mom, and to like I wanted to watch the whole show before seeing the movie, but mm-hmm. we we didn't get to it um, yet. But you know, it is a bummer because like that is so much. The episodes are long, and there are even though it's six episodes, it's it's a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of information, and it's like you said, it's something you have to watch to get references and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like the movie was fine on its own without that, but it's like obviously it adds more to it. But Marvel has kind of shot itself in the foot by just having so much yeah. out there, because we... and just so much that people are just like, oh my god, it's exhausting. There are so many people, people who used to be. Who used to like? I used to know who kept up with the Marvel movies, right? Who right. just stopped because it's just it's so much. And even though they're all different movies and they all have different characters and different plots and everything, it is a lot of the same stuff. That is true. That is true. But we both watched Miss Marvel all the way through. But the reason she mentions that she started again with her mom was her mom came with us to the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah, that's why I was saying it's like. My mom came with us in the movie having not seen WandaVision mm-hmm. and having only seen a little bit of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And like while she was still able to follow along, it's still like she's she didn't really connect with the movie as much because mm-hmm. she was like, who is anyone? I, I took my mom to see uh, Quantumania and, and I asked her after afterwards, I was like, did you like were you able to follow along with what was like who was who? And she's like, yeah, I, I got it. I'm like, yeah, but did you like understand the relationship? She's like, I mean. I think so. And it's very much that uh, who 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 wants to go through all of that if you hadn't already, if you hadn't been from the inception, mm-hmm. you know, part of this entire journey. Um, and that's something that, that Kevin Feige has said. He's like, we under or um, not Kevin Feige, Bob Iger uh, has said, we understand you guys are not liking what we've been putting out. We're going to scale back. Yeah, and yeah exactly. And so that's why I said yes and no, because like, they are going to do that. They are going to start scaling back. And I do think with the scale back, it is going to make us, you know, miss content and, and want that content. Sure. Um, well, I mean, next year's will probably be a good test because the first two Deadpool movies were super successful. Mm-hmm. So, and Deadpool is the only Marvel movie coming out next year. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're doing that. They're limiting stuff again. They're spacing things out. And they're spend they're taking more time to make the stuff that they do release actually good instead right. of just throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. Right. I mean, and again, it it's it's quantity over quality, and it's just content. We want as much content out there as possible, and I'm so glad that they are going to start scaling back. And what I also hope is not just scale back and build up anticipation, but but scale back and make things that people want to see. Exactly. Focus That's... on the heroes. Focus on the storylines. Focus on the villains that people actually want to to go out and see. And put in the, the hard work. When Werewolf by Night came out, there was a great response to the practical effects that they put into that, into that uh, special. Mm-hmm. And 
people are are loving practical effects again, right? Because they know how much work it takes. They know how much handcrafted pe- people just love handcrafted stuff in general. I, yeah, I don't think the the appeal for practical effects ever died out. It's just it is more, I guess, time consuming and maybe more money consuming yes. than just going straight CGI. I can almost guarantee. But the thing is, it's just so much more effective, and it it does it. It's a greater like. I'm not going to say greater risk, greater reward, but like you do work a lot more to do spe- like practical and special effects, mm-hmm. but the reward is it does look really good. But, right, exactly. but visual effects would cost more if they actually paid the visual effects artists what they deserve to be paid. Yeah, that's true. very true. So also it's like it is, it, it's all expensive. Um, it's, it, it's not so, yeah, if they go back to doing more practical effects, that would be stellar and not just everything in front of a blue or green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Shang-Chi was great. It was new. It was different. It was awesome. I personally liked it. I don't think, you know, Shang-Chi had, you know, a great, great uh, reception. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. And unfortunately still, that's one of my I have yet to see. It's a good one. That's what I think, I, I've you'd, heard everyone says I think you'd enjoy that, that one because it is very, it's it's different than the usual Marvel films. Martial arts. Um, and... Yeah, martial arts. It's awesome. It's it's a good time. Um, and then you just compare that to just like Multiverse of Madness where it's just like, okay. Like everyone wanted to see Shang-Chi. This is a new superhero, like Asian representation. Like we're getting more diverse here now. This is stellar. Right. No one cares about Stephen Strange anymore. Like no one cares about <laughs> the multiverse of madness and watching five doctors, strangers fight each other. Or I thought, like, I think it's a, it's a cool concept, but it just, it's a cool concept. To I think I introduce think, in something else. Maybe, maybe but yeah, not but, to like have it stand alone as its okay. own movie. Well, I think, I think the problem for me at least is with the multiverse is like, Oh, well now you can just undo everything that's been done. Kevin Feige has specifically stated that they are at a point in Marvel where actors can come and go and it won't make a difference. Right. Isn't that fucked? I did just hear a state I did just hear a statement that he said, No, we're not gonna touch Iron Man. He's not coming back, period the end. We'll see how long that lasts. That's too expensive. I exactly no (laughs) hundred percent exactly, right? Like um, like one billion (laughs) dollars. (laughs) I'm going to become Tony Stark if you're gonna want me back. (laughs) I need to be a billionaire. (laughs) Basically. He's already a Um, philanthropist. But to to Boo. So I guess like fully answer your question um and the reason I do say yes still because again I do think superior fatigue and just kind of quantity or quality over or quantity over quality is has been very detrimental to the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think with um you know some sort of rebranding and refocusing and reshifting which is something they have started to introduce with Young Avengers, this is something, you know, it wasn't this movie that it's like, oh, they're finally here. They've been hinting at this and they've been introducing these characters for a long time now mm-hmm. um, with the shows and with these other cameos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think if they really if they really focus on Young Avengers, I think they can bring the new generation of Marvel fans and like when I started to become a Marvel fan was basically around the same age as what the young Avengers would be. Except okay. for me, it was the, the older Avengers. Sure. So it like, I, I saw the first Avengers movie in high school and I loved it. And that's kind of what made me like solidified me yeah. as a Marvel fan. Yeah. Like I'd seen Iron Man, but it never like 
like struck me as much. And I, I'd seen all the movies, but I was never like, oh, I was like, okay, it's all independent. Mm-hmm. But then that team up was what made me be like, oh my God, yeah, this is Marvel. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was around the, the uh, I was a teenager. So I think the Young Avengers is going to be a good um, way to bring in this new generation of teenagers yeah. who, yeah, are probably going to go and watch all the Marvel movies still, mm-hmm. but to bring hype back into the future of it and the future releases. I, I, I think if so. they focus on Young Avengers and, like you said, bringing Kamala in and the other characters into not just sequester her into the show, if she does show up in other movies, cameos, sure. all that stuff, which... I think she'd absolutely be down for. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. I, I'd love to see her show up in the new Spider-Man movie. That would be stellar. I mean, she's in Jersey. He's <laughs> right? in New York. Yeah, right. Well, and, let's and, go. Yeah, the uh, and he needs a new ally because nobody knows who he is. Exactly. Oh my god, that was that. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. I'd love that. I'd love I'd love a storyline of him and Kamala just being besties because he's like, I need to basically reintroduce. My identity well, to everyone. And I believe in the and comics. You get it. I believe in the comics. Spider Man is a like mentor figure for the Young Avengers. Yes. So that, like, that is my sound. Uh, cool. Uh, also, uh, DaCosta, Nia DaCosta, the director, has literally said um, uh, Kamala is is a great hero because she's the street level hero and an heir to Spider Man. Mm, so yep. very much in the in that exact same vein that. You hit the nail on the head. 100%. Now, he, now, here's where I get really excited: is the mid credit scene. They introduce what we've all been waiting for, yes. which is mind blowing to me that people are not just scrambling to see this movie for that alone, mm-hmm. which is the introduction of X Men. Finally, like actually, finally, because they hinted at it with Miss Marvel. Like, yeah. hey, there's hints of it there. Mm-hmm. There's hints of it. I think. Uh, I mean, with Deadpool two, there was hints of it there. Um, but this is the first time that it's actually like being integrated. However, I want to know if it matters. Again, this is in a different universe. This is part of the multiverse, so it's not necessarily in the same timeline that all of the Avengers stuff is happening. And I'm wondering if that, again, is going to have to be bent in somehow or shoehorned in in a way that's going to be unsatisfying. We'll see. I but think, hope not, well, because I'm so excited, by the way. Let me preface. I'm so oh, excited yeah. to see it's, the X-Men it's cross It's really back over. awesome. I think... It is in another universe. I think maybe in that universe, much like the X-Men did not exist in the Marvel universe, um, maybe the Avengers did not exist in this X-Men universe. But it seems like the universe she traveled to is the Fox X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. Because um, but Kelsey Grammer reprised a... his role as I didn't Beast. know yeah. that until yeah. I was doing research for he this. Did. And I went, he was, he what? Yeah. Oh my God, how did I not catch um, that? Which is sick. But I it's... have a fan theory in a second, but... Finish your thought. Basically, because now um, a character from the MCU is now in the, I guess, FCU or like X-Men. I don't like that. The, the FCU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> F- <The> F-U. FCU. <laughs> fuck you. Um, I like that. <laughs> now that the, she's obviously not going to, she's not just there forever. Like it's obvious, she's obviously there because they're going to have to get her back. And in getting her back, it probably does involve opening up that mm-hmm. that rift, and that's it's probably something we're gonna see in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not like I think Deadpool itself is going to be still in that universe, and I think they probably won't maybe cross over until 
later on in, or like Avengers. at the at the end so of this brings, the movie they would probably cross over into the mcu can officially. i tell you guys my fan theory i can't wait that i Go literally for just formulated in my head so we're talking about multiverse of madness yes and one key character in multiverse of madness that was introduced is america chavez who can punch her way through realities and she very true and she is one of the young avengers so I feel like Kamala and now having a connection to Monica wants to get Monica back. And so Ooh, she, America Chavez could totally Ameri- help with that. Because, I mean, she's been yes. d- flipping realities, trying to find her own parents. So she knows mm-hmm. she knows of mm-hmm. like, oh, someone's lost in another dimension. Mm-hmm. I can help with that. Yeah. Ooh. Which would be sick, which is what I'm saying. Like I said, I think they need to pivot and and shift gears to the young avengers not to say that the other avengers are now obsolete no um, but it's just it, it's the direction that i think it needs to go to at least try and jump start and get some electricity behind this franchise again that had so much when it started i really like that that theory of of integrating somebody who we've already seen but again someone who's not even really all that known but can easily you know go other places uh, you know, with without all of this extraneous magic and whatnot, and and time bending. No, um, no, the magic that it exists in um, I'm forgetting their realm, but in Shang Chi, mm-hmm. I think can prove useful. But I feel like they're gonna focus that storyline more on uh the King storyline mm-hmm. and the Young Avengers. Yeah. Something's, something's going to happen where the Young Avengers are going to be needed and they're going to come in and actually like come in clutch just like at the end of Godzilla with the young <laughs> the young man coming in at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Cuz that's, that's bringing it back full circle. The nice. new generation is always like they're the ones that are going to really come in clutch. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think another thing and something else that, you know, has um contributed to the superhero fatigue is just the fact that heroes in general for the longest time much like i mean i hate to to say it but it is a fact of the world and it is a fact as you know filmmakers as well that we need to be conscious of it is a form of propaganda Mm. like because you do use it to give your opinions it can also be used to formulate opinions stereotype things i mean the u.s military they are um We'll they are consultants. Cap. Exactly. Cap. Like, Captain America is American propaganda. Superheroes are American propaganda. Like, they do... Um, the, the, the American military, they're consultants. Mm-hmm. They consult with Marvel mm-hmm. on their stuff, like, on, like, how the government runs and all this stuff. So, like, that is, that is something that these movies do. And for the longest time, they have maintained the same notion of no we need to keep things the way they are here sure and all these external forces are trying to change that sure and in the end we will crush those external forces but everything here is still the same and is and is not and it doesn't need to be changed exactly and they they maintain the status quo right. so i definitely you're gonna be think, getting more of that with the thunderbolts yeah so i think i i definitely hope that they can start to Go because you know, we've gotten so much for years and years, because obviously, superhero films have been around for even longer than the MCU. And for the longest time, as, as long as superheroes have been around since like the 40s, we have gotten, um, uh, we've gotten 
Oh my God, why do I keep losing <laughs> these trains of thoughts? <laughs> some form of um, content, some form of of comic propaganda, some form of yeah. They they've just always oh oh we've we've gotten so much of superheroes being good, mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now I think people are like, okay, like we get it, we get it, we get it. But then they one start to realize that again, the good that superheroes are doing isn't entirely good because right. again, if they if they are just maintaining and they just keep the status quo, nothing is getting changed. Right, like exactly. Batman it's... can fight all the villains he wants in Gotham, but he can also use his money as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. to help with the infrastructure to actually tackle some of the real problems. And like change that, that part of society. That create the villains in general. That create the villains. So right, like I'm exactly. not. We're, we're not going to segue into Batman right now. We're not talking about Batman. <laughs> no, but right I feel now, like Tony just... tried doing that to a certain extent. So you, yeah, but but so, more though? of that. But like, so what I'm getting at is, you know, The Boys is a super successful TV show, and obviously with their spinoff is has also been very successful. I think people now also want to see the grittier side of superheroes. And part of the reason Tony Stark is my favorite superhero um, is because he is, well, you know, they all have flaws and everything, but he is the most human Mm -hmm. of all the characters Mm -hmm. um, in, in a sense that he, he does have flaws and those flaws are part of what, like he, well, he has, works he has with moral those hangups. Like he actually does go, guys. We are not doing the good we think we're exactly. Doing. And that's what what Civil War. That's what the whole thing of Civil War Ultron. was. And mm-hmm. and Ultron mm-hmm. is the fact, but like mainly Civil War because again, Tony was saying that you know, yeah, we can't. We need to take responsibility for our actions, for sure. But um, I guess things need to change in the way things have been operating. And honestly, neither of them were right in in Civil War. But like, I think what people want nowadays is for the heroes to not be these perfect heroes. Yeah, I would. Not that they want them to lose, but they want them to actually change because superheroes. It's different. It's something we've seen the hero win the the entire time, even in Civil War. Like, it would have been no one won in Civil War. (laughs) No, but. I wanted someone to die. Right. Like No, exactly. Yes. Yes. That would have raised the stakes so much more than Oh, I'm so glad you brought it that safe up. the way they did. I'm so glad you brought that up because that has been a point of contention with me with Marvel Marvel specifically, but I mean just movies in general late, lately it feels like the there are no real consequences for characters actions. That was bringing it back to Godzilla. That was uh, another part that I I liked but I didn't like about minus 1 is her sacrifice meant nothing because she lived. I mean, again, it's setting up some. She's getting. She's getting some kind of Godzilla something inside of her. I, I'm excited to see wh- where that goes. Yeah, that's that was interesting. That was interesting, but again, it it reduced her sacrifice to to nothing for for you know a, a cheap gimmick. Like I, I, I and that's I, one, I I liked that she lived. I didn't want him to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to fulfill the duty that. That he was supposed to in the war, mm-hmm. but for something even big, mm-hmm. bigger now. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I also uh, sat next to somebody it's, it's who Tony was Stark. like, "Oh, that's a good point." It's, I also sat next to somebody in Godzilla who was like shocked that that he lived. It was like, oh, "What? There's an escape pod?" Like, yeah, no shit. What were you watching? I knew there was an escape pod. <laughs> did, you not, did you miss the part where he's like, "Pull this lever"? Well, the, where he's like, 
pointing at something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you talking? Anyway, anyway, back to Marvel. The the whole aspect, especially with the multiverse, like there were already very few consequences to characters' actions to begin with because good has to win and everyone has to, we have to go back to one and everyone's going to be happy and go lucky and then we move forward. But now with the multiverse, like, even if somebody dies, they might not actually die. Even yeah, if somebody in another universe, they right, they come right back, and it's just like Loki that... already died. Well, in a universe, sure, and right. This is another Loki, exactly. And is and it's so it's very much that are the stakes actually going to be solidified? Mm-hmm. Are there actually going to be consequences? And are people actually going to make sacrifices that that benefit everything and can move move things forward? And that's why I'm so glad that they're. Um, sticking to, as of now, sticking to leaving Tony Stark dead. That's something that I think just needs to be happen, and, and characters can react to that. So here's here's something uh, I watched on Screen Crush with Ryan Airy is he was explaining that with all this um, controversy going on with Jonathan Majors, mm-hmm. they could pivot from King to the Avengers versus X-Men Oh, okay. Um, and in that storyline, they have to fight each other in order to serve because their their realities are literally going to collide with each other, and one of them is going to die. So they have to fight each other. Oh, and and it ends up rebooting the entire mm-hmm. universe. Interesting, but interesting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that comes from. And and again, as long as as long as it something sticks. As long as somebody dies, as long as something actually happens, um, and that was something I, I liked about the Marvels is that the the bad guy actually did die. Right there was a point when it's like, okay, no, I I see where you're where you're going with this, and okay, I'll go along. Ha ha, tricked you, gotcha. But then you know my hubris got the best of me, and then with Monica Rambo's um, sacrifice, sacrifice again, it was great. And then we find out, oh no, she's just in another universe yeah like you can't just introduce monica rambo and, and then, then just, just kill her of course off. you can of course you can no you Absolutely. can't no you can't she's a delight she was a delight i agree you with cannot you. do that to her <laughs> you cannot do that to like one of the only like female black superheroes up in the mcu right, right now. now i agree with you, you. cannot I do, do that agree to with her you. 100%. right now you're right right you're now right. because of x-men but however <laughs> Throw that into anybody else, and it's again, it just to me cheapens it slightly. I just and I, and I agree. It, it it sacrifice somebody else, maybe sacrifice Brie Larson. That you know somebody else needed to actually go, so that characters had something to weigh them down. Some some course of realism that goes, no, we we everything is not going to be okay in the end because that's life. Right. And and yes, this is an escapism medium. And this is something that people go for entertainment and not to be depressed at the end. At the same time, what's the point of the story? Where's the arc? What's the what, what's the true meaning behind all of this? If there's not going to be any type of realism in this in any way, shape or form. And I think that's part of the reason also why there's superhero fatigue in general. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, superheroes. And it's just so rough because when you have a superhero movie and then like a superhero team up movie and then like small things like that, it's a lot easier to kind of have more arcs. But when you have like three superhero movies for one superhero, they have to go through arcs in all of those movies. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you do that times two times five times seven. And like, they have to go through all these mini arcs. And the, the problem 
is that the stakes have been raised so high mm-hmm. that they're just they're just so high and they're really unattainable stakes now. I, I do agree with, with you. With how it's, every like how crazy everything has it's gotten. It's the Dragon Ball Z effect. It's like, you know, your power level just can't keep getting raised. It just, you it know, it is way over 9000. <laughs> <laughs> because it, at some point like it just it becomes meaningless. It, there's no and honestly, I I, I am kind of glad that the Marvels, the the uh, last movie was so refreshing in that it didn't really feel necessarily like a part of Disney. I, I mean, it, mm-hmm. well, I mean, maybe not as part of Disney, but it just didn't feel like the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. No, it was a very different type of movie mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the, um. It wasn't as formulaic as other Marvel films of like, you know, training montage, like uh, the acquiring of powers, training mm-hmm. montage, mm-hmm. Um, all that, all that stuff. It was, you know, obviously the half of the movie was them switching around mm-hmm. and kind of going between each of wherever they are, each of their locations, which was awesome. Again, unfortunately, that also served to its downfall because it was so quick, you didn't really get as much i knew it was kind of meant to throw you around because mm-hmm. they were being thrown around and um, i thought they were effective early on when when they were being thrown around and before they got you know mm-hmm. good with with interacting with each other yeah. mm-hmm. but what i liked was was their interaction their chemistry between mm-hmm. the characters and with the actors themselves Absolutely. i thought that they that mm-hmm. was what it should have leaned on more than the special effects, more than the cheesy story, more than the good guy is going to win over, you know, whatever new villain, whatever new. Because going back to Godzilla minus one, the human element yes. is missing yes. from a lot of American movies. That's why I liked Godzilla minus one is you have a stark contrast between the moments with humanity yes. and the big CGI y- fights. And like I said, like I wanted more action with Godzilla, but that's because it was used effectively and, and sporadically and in small doses. It wasn't all just flash, bang, boom, zing, fly. That that's more that's what has Marvel has become. Like you're right. There was actually human interaction and and pathos and and clash of of wills and clash of of backstories and and ideals and you actually got this this storyline that you could actually kind of relate to about oh my god I didn't realize my leaving and me de- me being so depressed about not about feeling so ineffective went so much to you like I thought that it was just on me and I didn't realize that's something so relatable and something that again, was touched on and beautiful and then quickly moved away from. Yeah. Unfortunately. I I definitely, I agree because a lot of, they focus too much on like fetch quests in the sense of like, or or it wouldn't really be a fetch quest in this sense. It would be a a follow quest, I guess. Okay. Um, Just one of those, you know, there's a fetch quest of like, you need to go to this place to get this thing Mm, and then that'll unlock this thing. That'll lead you to this place to get this thing. So it wasn't like that, but it was like, oh, this person went here. Let's go there and try to figure stuff oh, out. Oh, yeah. And I let's see what try you're to figure saying. out where they're going next. So it one was it was so jumbled because already they were in different locations. Mm-hmm. And instead of they they like they they kept that throughout the movie instead of resolving it early on and then and then not again taking us to a bunch of different locations like just moving on to one other point right or like something like that to kind of be like all right the chaos is kind of over it still kind of jumped us around to different planets and different things that we had to remember 
and all that stuff. But I do agree that uh, the human element was awesome in this movie and it was a lot different. And I loved that Kamala's family was more yes. involved. Mm. Uh, yes. They were fabulous. I obviously, again, I stand Kamala Without- Khan. She's one of my favorite superheroes. Um, um, because you love the representation. I'm here for it. It was, it's really awesome seeing that kind of, I'm not Pakistani, but mm-hmm. you know, my family is Muslim and they are, I do have a big kind of boisterous family like that. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome to see in the Arabic on the wall and like that kind of stuff was fabulous. So I did love that. And I love the relationship with uh, Monica Rambo and um, Carol, like the, the, the human and, and everyone's relationship with Nick Fury, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like those were great. Um, so I kind of I, I was sad to see it. Like you said, it, it did take a backseat kind of because we had to establish new locations, establish mm-hmm. new worlds, establish mm-hmm. new wo- uh, rules for the world. Mm-hmm. And you just had to retain so much information that like when you did get to uh, meeting some other characters, you wanted more of those, those and right. a lot less of like, okay, now where the fuck are we now? Right, uh, right, uh, exactly. Everyone's singing on this planet? Why? <laughs> for like, gags. It, and that was funny. That was a funny I, gag, I, I will say. I loved that part. Uh, but again, it, to, to Nala's point, it just was, it was so quick. It was so little and it was so almost to the point of it being meaningless. Of... And like, I wanted like, sorry, just a quick thing, just only because um, Carol got her cool, pretty dress. Mm. And like, it was so quick and meaningless <laughs> Which... that they, that uh, Kamala and Monica did not get their own pretty dress. Either. Exactly. That kind of irritated me. But that also, I believe, makes uh, Brie Larson or, or, or Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers, a Disney princess, right? Correct. Okay, cool. Great. That's solidified. That's in print, 100%. But with with, with this follow quest, as you labeled it, uh, it reminds me of Screenwriting 101, which is this happens, but this happens, and because this happens, this has to happen. It's not... If you can write the plot down of a movie or a show and say this happens, and this happens, mm-hmm. and this happens... Mm-hmm. That is not a solid story that you have. And even even the I, I believe I first learned this technique mm-hmm. from none other than Colorado's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> yes, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean it is. It's it's an essential piece of storytelling that is again, why are we watching this? Why do we care? If if you want me to go to Disneyland and be on the ride, then I'll go to Disneyland and be on the ride. I don't want to watch the ride, like the the set track that I've seen already. Like, give me something else. And I thought this movie had potential to to go in those directions, so I was hopeful with it. Also, I'm curious to know why do superheroes have to update their costume every single movie? Like, is what's you up, with, keep that? up with the fashion? I don't care for that. I, I think I'm the only person on planet Earth who doesn't like the, the updated costume. I will say these these uh, superhero outfits were pretty fresh. I, I did enjoy seeing you them know, like, a lot. I, I thought those were really, really, really fun. I've gone back and forth on that because um, Wonder Woman to jump franchises. Um, Wonder back Woman always in... back to DC. In both Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, she did have like her cool gold suit. Mm-hmm. She obviously had other costumes too, but her Wonder Woman outfit stayed the same. And only for like maybe a couple of changes, like maybe one of her arm braces 
was like it's like silver and gold and the first one it was just all gold mm-hmm. or like like tiny subtle changes like that and i don't know like i this had come after me being like wow they change their costumes in every movie like in every I'd, single I'd movie i'd like to see a superhero not change their costume and then yeah they gave us wonder woman again with the same outfit and i was like oh okay. oh you actually no, were disappointed i was actually by disappointed it. because i was like <laughs> Oh, like okay, so See, I'm basically just seeing the first Wonder Woman. Like, interesting. It kind That's of it kind of blends it for me. Like yeah. when I can't differentiate the costumes, I can't differentiate where in their but story it- there are. Like that's I, I think it's kind of why superheroes upgrade their costume to begin with. Not every superhero has their set costume mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. they have their first prototype sure sure and okay so, that's one thing or or if there's you know enough time to go by to actually need or warrant an upgrade like in um the the um across the spider-verse right he actually made his own suit versus buying a costume out of a department store I like mean, that was yeah, that, that was, was for spider-man well sure but that's original spider-man movies but exactly that's kind of what i mean like it just feels like if if enough time passes, I can I can buy in. But if it's supposed to be the same day, the same week, the same even year, I don't know. It it just doesn't feel as as plausible. Um, okay, so I want to ask uh, last last couple of, uh, points. I just want to bring up with um, the Marvels. If you guys have any thoughts about um, the CGI itself, to me felt felt pretty standard. Like it it didn't look that bad to me, but it didn't feel like groundbreaking and amazing and mesmerizing. It really just kind of felt par for the course. Again, and I think that's more of an uh, of an attribute to just how the the bar has been raised so high with with Marvel and with CGI especially is that something this incredible and space fearing uh can look just be like, yeah, you know, it's fine. So I think that's because um, CGI used to be used very sparingly mm-hmm. because um, it was it was kind of just used as an enhancement. Mm-hmm. Like they still had animatronics for Jurassic Park, but they still used CGI. But the whole thing wasn't CGI. Like, mm-hmm. um, so kind of like Lucky Charms with like because, all marshmallows and no cardboard. Yeah. So like all the um, the 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 problem with CGI is that now it's relied too heavily upon and now everything is CGI and you right. don't know So that was my lucky charm What's <laughs> now that's Exactly it. yeah now you don't know what's CGI and what's not That's okay versus Okay And so yeah the CGI of... should be magically delicious <laughs> Exactly it should it should be used to enhance that's why I think we should return to the notion of um special effects and practical effects and CGI. Mm-hmm. Because like, let's just say like um, Kamala's... Um... Christopher Nolan just got a boner for no reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> My senses. <laughs> um, the So like her, her light specter things, mm-hmm. um, like I think could be used, could be done, those like discs that she always... Um, goes on mm, and yeah, like yeah, steps yeah. on mm-hmm. i think could be like... yeah those crystals i think could be done practically all you know like the lightsabers in star wars where they the, the lightsabers they actually have like bladed sabers that they fight with true true they're not just holding hilts with nothing and pretending to hit and that's why the lightsaber battles look so real because if they did just do hilts mm-hmm. and they were miming stuff mm-hmm. It would look a lot more fake. True. 
So True. like those Good kind point. of things. So like, no, I, I think, think that, that's a that's a great uh, liken to is is there is some element of reality in there somewhere even in and, this heightened but that's why star wars world. still slaps because star wars they have and i think maybe it was in in george lucas's contract when he signed it over but they have still maintained puppeteering and practical effects in conjunction with special effects and it is very effective but, and it looks awesome mm-hmm. and they are able to transport us to new worlds and give us like completely cgi worlds and stuff like that but they put more like effort because they know, you know, if the backgrounds, if people are going to be staring at the background, it needs to look good. Right. But Marvel has gotten so carried away with CGI that they CGI costumes going back to costumes. Mm -hmm. They will CGI costumes when you can just make costumes. (laughs) Yeah. It's so they don't. Yeah. It's so they don't like, um, why spend your time CGIing costumes? Uh, a department that has a, an exterior department, like you don't become a visual effects artist to design costumes right. and to make costumes. Right. If you wanted to do that, you would have gone into costumes. Mm-hmm. That's the whole part. Like that's the whole point of it. So why waste time CGIing costumes instead of using that time and that person and their effort and expertise? into making a cool world or a cool monster mm-hmm. or a cool something. Because fuck them, like that's cool why. cool effects instead of using that time to not make cool effects and instead make subpar costumes. Like Right. <laughs> All right, guys, I think we should probably, we're starting to get a little, uh, little delirious. Unless you have anything else you wanted to, to say about the Marvels specifically, and not because I, I think we've talked uh, enough to, to satisfy my, my desire about where Marvel is in general. Is there anything about the Marvels that you were really wanting to, to mention that we well, haven't yet? I, I started this train, but I, I never finished it. But one of the reasons that I'm excited for X-Men is because Kamala Khan has... A wonderful relationship with Wolverine yes. in the comics. Oh, I am hell excited yeah. to see that okay. for sure. That's gonna be awesome. I like this is her official introduction to the MCU. It was awesome. It was great. There were a lot of things I did like about the movie. I always, I've always loved. I know people are. There's now the phrase like Marvel dialogue or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But shit, it works. Like it's they always do find funny jokes to throw in every the, once in a while. The litter of flurkin. Yeah, the Little Flurkin, hilarious. That was really good. Um, that was really well done. But like, I, I think just kind of they they focused on there were just too many storylines going on. Mm-hmm. There was just not only what whatever the fuck was going on with the Marvels switching up. Mm-hmm. There's also obviously Dar Ben, but there's also whatever's happening with the scrolls. And again, I think it is because of the fact that there's it's now super super spread out mm-hmm. and spread thin mm-hmm. with all these shows that you need to watch prior and blah blah mm-hmm. blah like that did that did do them a disservice but i mean otherwise yeah everyone had a great time um and they seemed like they had a great time they seemed the the chemistry was wonderful i agree um, i totally agree and all also- the characters are so heartfelt and I-, I think i think kamala and and miss marvel i think are now gonna carry the torch and like be the new kind of face of marvel Mm -hmm. and because again kamala is our surrogate and she's just so excited to she's now in the mcu Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she's gonna get us excited for the mcu again i agree with you there and also a little little fun uh i 
maybe Easter egg is the reason why Kamala is able to start the Young Avengers is because with the battle at the at the Khan's house, like that little tablet thing was just dropped and left there and never thought about again. So she goes back and goes, <gasps> "Get out of here!" Yeah. So she literally—it's not even just, sanctioned by Nick Fury. Nope, just stumbled he, she's literally, upon. I'm literally done. Uh huh. Liter- oh, I love her. I love right? her so much. So she that's literally, very exciting. <gasps> she yeah. just picked it up and was like. Oh, bet. It was like, wait bet, a second. Bet. You have, you have so... information on me. There's got to be other. There's got to be other superheroes, other superheroes like me that are also young. Yes. And so she goes and finds them. Oh, I love that. Yes. I am a huge fan of that. I would have loved to see that. Right. I guess right. like she obviously holds up the thing. Sure. Um, but, but like how you, just, you acquire don't, it. You don't remember that it was left there. Mm-hmm. Well, because, because again, we it, left that well, location a long move. time ago. They, they moved, right, at the end? Because their house was destroyed. Yeah, in the oh, move. But, I mean, you have to go back move. anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that oh, I thought was a fun I little, like, that. to get to get, kind of get you hyped up about this character a little I bit more. I love but, that. But, I mean, but that is a good point. Is like, they, they teach us in film school, show, don't tell. And they didn't show her picking it up and being like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. you can see it on her face. Like, I, I have, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. They they just mention it in dialogue. They just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. you know, there That's needs to point. be more show than tell. And we're missing that a lot in in movies in general these days. I, I do agree with you there is there is a lot of need for explanation and, and over... Um, and I almost said exfoliate <laughs> over um over don't over, over ex- exfoliate no don't over over exposition everything to yeah. the point of like God damn it we get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they did it this much or that much in the Marvels. I no I agree no, with just you. in general with you. but yeah media me mm-hmm. movies in film today. Yeah feel like they need so much more explanation as if nobody can and and myself included can can really think critically about what or infer from from the visual medium mm-hmm. what this is. And I don't know exactly where that comes from and I've had my own my own bits about I this wasn't clearly explained to me so I'm not sure that I understood it or that that I knew it was there but if if I could at least sense that the filmmakers knew what they were doing and I didn't pick up on it. Well, that's on me. But if I get the sense that they don't know that, that things aren't intentional, that's where I'm like, guys, if you're not going to intend to even use the visual medium, then you've got to do a better job about explaining things. Yeah. So it's a give and take, but yep. Uh, what do you think? I think we, we're, we're ready to move on to ratings. What do you, what do you say? I think so. That's were, right. Were you going to do the thing that you did with me last time? Um, remind me. Yeah, remember we went over like what's the budget in the box office? <gasps> That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. No, I totally, I love doing that, and I did not do that for this one. Okay, yeah, I, so I, I thought that was some fun little. I'm so glad you you remembered. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> I sometimes sometimes we just there's so much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, said okay. So let me bring up. I mean, we have a lot to say. With I and that's why I want. We will not <laughs> shut up. I'm very. I'm very glad that I can talk to you guys about things. So, I have the estimated budget. Do you guys know the budget for the Marvels? No. No. You're going to take a guess? Uh, the estimated budget. $115 million. Okay. Uh, I want to do the prices Right thing. $116 million. $115 million 
my actual guess is 135 million. Uh, you are both undercutting how much they spent on this one. Oh. 220 million was the estimated budget. Wow. Mm-hmm. Where did they? Uh... <laughs> well spent, guys. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. So, opening weekend, I'll give you this. Opening weekend, uh, it raked in a whopping 46 million dollars. Wow. Oof. So, what did it gross worldwide to date as of 125? which I believe is roughly when the end of the uh, box office run is anyway, so it's probably not going to be much more than this. Um, $115 million. <laughs> Doubling down on the $115. Uh, $85 mil. No. You're, uh, if you combine them, you're actually spot on. $197, just over $197 million. Wow. Oh, so it didn't even break even. It didn't even break even, and that's the estimated budget, which we believe is before advertising. Oh, mm-hmm. my poor babies. Yeah. And and you don't yeah. really get a lot from uh, DVD sales or Blu-ray sales these <laughs> no, days. No, you do not. <laughs> not at all. Or not as much as you as you would uh, you would hope to. They didn't deserve it. No, they deserve better. It was, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll rate it in a second. So let's, uh, speaking of ratings, um, I've got IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Would you like to? Would you care to take a guess at IMDb what the overall rating is for the Marvels? And this is out of ten. And they do the point. That, the, right. Yes, this is this is the uh, point one, point two, point three. Eight point five. Really? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess six point eight. Ooh, you're close. Six point oh, even. Six out of ten on IMDb for that for the Marvels. Okay, let's uh, let's move to Rotten Tomatoes because this one uh, is very very uh, different. Uh, so we are going to go audience score first. Audience, this, so Rotten Tomatoes is a percentage out of a hundred, so like seventy five, eighty percent. What do you think the audience score and critic score is? I think the critic score is like sixty five. I think in the audience score, I want to say like 85%. Okay. Okay. Uh, audience score, I'm going to go with a 74%. Okay. And critics gave it a 46%. Ooh, Nolly, you were real close on oh, this one. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, they gave it a fresh tomato. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Uh, well, not, not a certified fresh. I don't put a lot of faith in critics. Critics, critics was a 61%, and audience was 82 Oh. So would you say 65 okay. and 85? Yeah, you were real close on that one. Mm. So We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good movie, people. It, it is. It, it, like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite of the recent Marvels, so- why don't we move on to our ratings? Rate, rate, rate this movie. Rate, rate, rate this. Well, I'm going to say what I said for... Um, 115 million. Yeah. <laughs> Out of 10. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8.5. I mean, again, there were things I didn't like about it, um, but it was definitely a lot different than a lot of the Marvel stuff I've seen. I okay. think this is, much like Captain Marvel, the first... And Black Widow, the first like female-led superhero movie thing, and it was delightful, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And Solid. yeah, it's not it's not the pinnacle of cinema, but it's. <laughs> but hey, it, as long as you were entertained by it, and as long as you enjoyed it, then. absolutely. So eight point five from me. Um, Look what you got. 
I think they did a, a better job at the female team up than Endgame did. Um, I love the diversity they brought to it. I love their balance of heart and comedy. Um, like I said, some of the 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 plot itself could have been stronger, and they missed out on a on a great nod to some future uh characters um so i'm gonna give it but i I still really enjoyed it i'm gonna give it an eight and a quarter 8.25 very nice um i don't know for me i'm not sure if if it gave me enough to push it into the eights for me but by no means did i dislike it overall i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought it was um, refreshing seeing uh, women and women of color being represented and and at the forefront and doing things and having uh, depth. I wish it would have been explored a little bit more. Um, I personally, I love the chemistry between all of the actors. Just seemed like they enjoyed the hell out of making this. Um, I thought the the special effects, like I said, was par for the course as far as as far as CGI goes um, in a Marvel movie. I thought it was it was uh, good enough. Um, nothing nothing bad there. Um, the story I thought was fairly inter- interesting, um, uh, until we really got to Darben and, and trying to do the follow quest, like you said, like the, the whole switching and trying to figure out their powers, um, I thought was, was fairly inter- entertaining at least. Um, but I didn't care for the ADR, like the sound I thought was pretty awful. Um, and that kept taking me out of it. I agree. So I, th- that- I noticed the ADR too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What's going on? Yeah, right? Like, uh, guys, you had a lot of money to spend. Why does it sound so out of place? Um, and yeah, it, it just, it felt not necessarily choppy, but like like we talked about, it just, it, it moved really quickly between uh, wherever we were. So I think I'm going to give it a solid 7.25 out of 10. Solid. Solid as the rock. All right, cool. Um, That was a good one, you guys. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad that I had a blast too. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having us on. Absolutely, thank you for being for being back. Um, Nala, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, absolutely for having me. Hope to to get you back in the future. Um, for are sure. you are you a big awards follower when it comes to I award am. season? Indeed. Oh, fantastic! I need I need somebody to start uh, bickering about who who's in and who's out. So yeah, I'm not as good as Luke though. <laughs> he he. Does his research. I, I will watch every single nominated film in every category. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. For both the Oscars, which I've been doing for over a decade now, <laughs> probably close to do, maybe close to two decades at this point, I've Oof. been doing it. Um, and more recently, I've been doing the Emmys as well. Of every yeah, that now M- that's a M- whole show. other yeah, that's a whole that other is a ocean. dedication, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't know what kind of time band you're wearing to be able to to manipulate it like that to to watch all this content, but I I never sleep. Tip my cap to well, that that doesn't too. <laughs> um, but no, I I uh, I'm hoping that we can have you guys back on really soon. So if you're if you're up for some awards talk, then uh, gear up because we're we're about to kick off awards season and that we are yes. This, this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Sprint sprint to the end uh, from what I've been hearing. But that's uh, that's for the future. We've been uh, in the present. I've been Brandon. That's been Nala over there. Luke's uh, joined us at the same time. 
You're supposed to say hi, hi. hello, what's hello. up, thank you. What's up? God, How are we like doing? You guys have never been on a And we are officially going to go ahead and wrap it up when we hit the what's up. So we've been what we watched. Uh, we're on watched underscore podcast on Zitter. Uh, we're at what we watched on Facebook. Luke, where can we find you on Instagram or socials? Um, the best place to find uh, Nala and I, we have our own production company, A to Z Productions. We're on Instagram at A to Z Productions. Nala, do you have anything uh, besides that? Yeah, else? well, um, we have our Instagram, A to Z Productions. Um, and then from that, you can find our personal Instagrams from that as well. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, just uh, through that, you can find our website. If you ever want to, if anyone wants to make anything let us know fantastic uh, we've got some projects that we're working on in the future so we're going to be keeping keeping posting with that awesome awesome well we look forward to that uh, thanks again you guys and enjoy the movies we'll talk to you later Thank you. bye see you at the movies <laughs>